Hello. Hey. Welcome back. Yep. This is Apologies Now. My name's Hethel. And I'm Stevie. We have uh, been talking about what's been going on in the world recently, and, and honestly, everybody's tired about it, and we're tired about talking about COVID, and, and hopefully it's soon to be behind us. We will I see. I hope. We'll see. Uh, our state, we are here in Georgia, just made a bold move yesterday. Yes, they did. We'll see what comes out of that. We shall. So, Stevie, you and I were talking a little bit about other things going on in the world, such as what's going on with the economy and the oil situation. That's an interesting situation. Right. And we're at a zero dollars, what, zero dollars uh, a barrel now? Or negative. That's crazy. Neg- yeah, right, negative. Right. So, so does that mean do they're going to pay me to do take some gasoline? I'm not sure. I'm buying an SUV. Yeah. So... Um, and, you know, we started talking about this, and we were like, hey, we know so many people that we can talk about all sorts of things. But when we started talking about this, lo and behold, one of your, uh, probably your oldest friend in life. Yes. Happens to be in the oil industry. It certainly is. And so. And banking. And banking. And so um, we're going to talk to him today. Yep. And folks, for. Whoever's listening, I have spent a little bit of time with this gentleman, and he is absolutely splendid to hang out and just talk to. Great guy. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yep. I know you get to talk to him routinely, but this is uh, genuinely a, a treat for me. This should be so much fun because I'm getting to share this time with two of my closest friends. Awesome. Yep. Here we go. Yep. Hey, this is Stevie. It's Hethel. And this is Apologies Now. I'm really excited to have our guest today. If I may, I'd like to uh, speak a little bit about this gentleman's background before we get started, though. If I'm off base, I'm positive. He'll have zero problem correcting me. Bo Parker is from Oil City, Louisiana. He grew up in a family heavily involved in the oil and gas industry. Bo graduated Tulane University. Today, he delves in oil finance and banking. He was recently married to an extremely talented and kind-hearted Tamara Parker. Bo has also been a lifelong best friend since the fourth grade at St. Joseph's in Shreveport, Louisiana. Thank you for joining us, Bo. Thanks for having me. Yep. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Uh, well, usually I tell people I do as little as possible. <laughs> That's the right answer. Is he in oil? Yes. <laughs> right. Here, speaking of, that's a little, that's a very little going on, right? Well, yeah, right now that's kind of true. I'm not doing that much. Right. Um, actually, we've got guys working. Uh, you know, I guess y'all know that oil selling for nothing if it's selling. Right. Um, so uh, I'm still working, my guys. I'm just stacking oil in the tanks. I'm lucky enough. You may remember this. My dad owned a tank manufacturing company when we were kids, so right. I have a bunch of tanks. Right. You're, so you're so, filling them with a bunch I, of zeros. Yeah, so I'm, you know, stacking it up, and uh, I'm hoping some of those old tanks are still good because I haven't had to use them in years. Well, the U.S. was so funny is kind of, I'd like, I really want to concentrate on a couple of topics whenever we're not cutting shit. Um, the price of oil right now being negative numbers and that's the first thing and then possibly you know how has this situation affected banking and i know that you're an expert on both parts of that it'd be great to break both individually down 
Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. We can, in our market, they're intertwined. Uh, yes, they are, aren't they? Yeah. Sure. Sure. Okay. Um, so, so, so off the top, I mean, uh, for the general public, how does this even happen? I mean, you know, just so there's OPEC, and 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 pardon me for sure that you know we're we're partially informed. OPEC is a group of countries that control the rate of oil production and distribution. I think the Saudis are mainly in control of that. And then there's Russia, who is not part of OPEC, who's also heavily influencing the supply of oil in the world. Is that right? Yeah, well, from what I understand, here's the deal. I, unfortunately, I'm not a member of OPEC, and I don't produce <laughs> enough to change the price or the supply in the world. But there's supposed to be an OPEC, and then there's an OPEC plus, and there's an OPEC plus plus. So they tried to bring other people into this to affect the price of oil, but geopolitical acts haven't changed the price of oil as much as demand or lack thereof. So uh, we heard a few weeks ago that the Saudis, being, being the chairman of OPEC, you know, that's a rotating who's actually running it, but I guess if you're producing the most oil, you're kind of running it. Right. The Russians got together and agreed to slash like 10 million barrels a day of production. Well, uh, that that would be normally a good thing, but so few people are leaving their houses uh, that there's just not that much demand. So does, uh, does a barrel of oil in the United States being zero dollars, does that affect the rest of the world at all? Or, I mean, is everybody else just fine? Or Well, there's two, there's two different benchmarks. There's Brent, which is the rest of the world, basically, European oil, let's okay. call it. And then there's WTI, which is West Texas Intermediate. So there's two different price indexes. One is Brent. One is WTI. Now, it's really broken down into many more categories than that, but those are the big benchmarks. Gotcha. So WTI is priced at Cushing, Oklahoma. That's where all the tanks are. And but our big problem is the strange thing people don't get is that all the refineries are built on the Gulf Coast. I mean, there's some in Pennsylvania, there's some other refineries, but they are they were all built to use Brent. They weren't used. They weren't built to use WTI. Okay. As a matter of fact, the pipelines didn't even go south from the Midwest or Canada where they're producing oil, or from North Dakota, South Dakota. So they just a few years ago turned those pipelines around. So now they can actually ship WTI to the refineries. But until just a couple of years ago, it couldn't even get there. I see. So ultimately, it's just the fact that the economy right now is slowed down and there's less consumption and there's just more supply. And that's really the reason for the change in price is what you're saying. Well, it's, it's, yes, that's the main thing. But the real crash we saw, which we've never seen the other day, we're already in a crash where they were saying that oil was trading at a negative $37 a barrel had to do with people buying futures contracts. Oh, I was, I was, I was wondering what that meant. Cause I mean, that's, I, I couldn't figure that out. How does it go to negative? I just don't, that's, that's it. Okay. So, they were buying, and this is how it works, 
futures contract for delivery in the following month. And all of those futures contracts roll off on a certain date of the month. Well, the last day of the month, there was less demand. All these traders had bought oil, and they wanted to push them into the next month. That's what they do. They rolled them over. There were no buyers. I gotcha. I gotcha. For me, reading, and this is not my experience, it's just something I've read, that there are some uh, investment vehicles where uh, retail investors think they are investing in the price of oil at, at spot, which spot would be today's price. Right. But in fact, they're investing in futures. And futures are something that are way more complicated and harder to understand for a retail investor. And they were selling these investments in not only in the U.S., but abroad, and specifically in China. Gotcha. So what I get paid for a barrel ball is the way my contract reads is they, they give me a price every day and they average it. They only price on days the markets are open. So there may be 25 days a month that they price it. They take a monthly average and they, I deliver oil during that month. They pay me on the 20th of the following month. Gotcha. Now I got particularly screwed because I had some oil that was for March delivery was called in to be picked up. They didn't pick it up until the 2nd of April which they said they were going to backdate it. No, they didn't. They said, oh, we screwed up. We didn't do that. Our driver was out of hours. Well, I don't know what the average price is going to be on that load of oil for eight, that I'm getting an April delivery, but one of the days, my price is negative. So wow. Take 25 days of average and make one of them a negative 37 and see how well I'm going to make it out. <laughs> so, Bo, is that uh, – so the negative price ultimately – if you're holding on to oil, you'd want to get rid of it just because the cost of holding on to it ends up being a burden. Or does it cost? Well, it's not, not, it's for, not you. for me, but, yeah. but if you're a trader, yes. Because you have tankers. Yeah. If you're a trader. So for the people listening that should have a tanker at home is what you're saying. Everybody needs a tanker. Yeah. <laughs> well, if, if you're a trader, you would then, if you had futures and it rolled over the next month, you'd have to then go pay somebody to store it. You actually don't ever want to take possession of that oil, okay? I see. That's all the market, you know. Uh, I just do the very simple thing of, you know, producing oil and selling it to somebody who then goes and markets it wherever they market it. Right. Do you care? As a side note, do you care where they market it? Do I care what? Do you care where they market it? Do you care who they sell it to? That's maybe a strange question. Oh, no, I don't care. I don't care where they always sell it to. Can you hear, no, can you hear him? Pers- You're kind of cutting out just a touch. So, Bo, are you on speakerphone? Yeah, I'm on speaker. Does that hurt? Uh, uh, it might hurt the Recording people stuff. listening. Yeah, I yeah. mean, if you're able to not be on it, it'd probably be helpful. Is that better? That's way better. better. That's For way sure. better, yeah. Okay. All right. So... Um, the oil that I produce is heavy and asphalt-based, okay? okay? They don't make gasoline out of it. The oil that I produce goes in transformers. That transformer that's on a pole outside your house or is maybe in your nice neighborhood. Is that crude? What is crude? Is that the same kind of thing? No, crude is unrefined oil, okay? Okay. Crude is... So, see, we, we take oil, we pump it out of the ground, it comes out, it's, it's mostly water. Okay. All right. It's salt water and oil. And then we put we pump it into a, a gun barrel, which separates it because of the weight. Right. And then 
we take the salt water and what we do is we inject it back down into the ground in a different formation. Then we take the oil and we put it in a storage tank. Well, then whenever we get the storage tank full, we call a truck. They come pick it up. That's the marketer. They go sell it. Gotcha. Okay. Um, crude is what we call them. Now, crude is is processed or cracked. They heat it up. And the oil separates at different levels and makes different different products. Okay. okay. I mean, your toothbrush is made out of oil, right? Right. right. Made plastic. Um, kerosene, before they even had gasoline, they had kerosene that was thicker, you know, the, it's not quite as light. It's thinner, lighting lamps. Gotcha. So, crude makes a bunch of things, but specific crudes are, are better for different processes and different refineries are set up to process different weights. Crude. Uh-huh. So the the big ones are for lighter, which comes from Europe. Okay. Okay. Or, or South America. Okay. Um, the big crunch in the oil price has really been those shale, the shale, and the reason why we were so close to being a net exporter. Which you know the concept of net exporting is that we produce enough barrels for us to consume the same amount of barrels that we produce. All our lives, we produce in the U.S. fewer barrels than we've consumed. I see. So we had to import. Right. That's, but, that's where Saudi Arabia comes in, wherever else. Right. So we've always brought this oil in from Saudi Arabia. The problem is, people think, oh, well, we almost got enough oil that we have to buy it from Saudi Arabia. Well, that's just not true, because our refineries that make the gasoline we'll put in our cars are set up on the type of oil that comes from Saudi Arabia, right. not the type of oil we made in the U.S. Our oil is getting shipped out, not my oil. My oil is going to northern Arkansas to make the uh, refine to make uh, the transformers that make electricity. Okay. Okay. But a lot of that shale oil is being shipped to China. Huh. Huh. Okay. Now, is there a market in China? <laughs> the same place the, the problem started. So... Well, they've been shut down longer than we have, right? Yeah. So, but we are a net uh, exporter now, right? I mean, because of the shell, we're making more than we consume, or no? We were we were six months ago, or last year, for the first time ever. I don't know that's true today. Okay. All I know okay. is well, that, I don't, I look, all I know is that I just filled up my car for less than thirty dollars, and that's bad for me. I know. I worry about it every time that happens. Yeah, that's bad for me. And on the flip side, you know, we're going to a gasoline station, you know, and that's good for me. Right. But the problem is we're on a gasoline station in a city that has mostly oil field workers, so less of them now can buy it. So at the end of the day, with everything that's going on, for the people listening, it's, of course, good for us as a consumer because we're paying less for gasoline. But is the cost of oil and gasoline being so low hurting the overall u.s economy is is the yeah. is, is the industry big enough where it actually affects the national economy because it's so cheap absolutely that's why you're seeing those crashes in the stock market right so right yeah. you got so many yeah. dollars invested so it affects the overall economy to the point where then overall stock market 
can crash, and that's why you're saying exactly. the banking the banking's also intertwined into this. Well, unless we just if we, we may all go to shit, but let me ask you this: let's let's go on a more positive note. Once this pandemic comes to a close, hopefully, how long will it take us to get back to the new normal or get back to where things are okay again? I don't know. <laughs> I'm with you, but what steps do you think we'd have to make to make that happen? I mean, do people have to consume more? I mean, obviously. Well, I mean, I think there's some serious opportunities coming out of this, right? Yeah. I think there's going to be, I think there's already people trying to sell, or I think it's stupid, but I, the people, I think the people I see are not liquid enough. They've never been liquid enough. Right. So they're selling hard assets now into a bear, right? So, so they have land, or they have real. Yeah, I don't know what hard asset. Whatever they have, that's hard asset. Well, commodities are down, but now they got to have cash, so they're selling them into a down market. So there's real opportunity to buy those things. You're liquid. I mean, you really have a bunch of cash, and you you want to play the long haul? Go buy a big oil company, right? Because now, because blood in the water. Mental note, yeah. Um, blood in the water. Yep. Now, go buy it, but now realize you're going to lose money for a year. Yeah. Six months at least. It's pretty interesting and scary, and all of those things. Well, it all kind that's of comes. Right. It all comes together. Right. I mean, that. that uh, so, uh, for the people again listening, just that when you say liquid, you're saying that if people do not have cash no, available, liquid means they have the money. No, I'm saying if they don't yeah, have, right, if right. they're not liquid, they do not have cash, right. and to, to make ends meet, they're selling off things that they have that are of value. Right. And so Take if somebody does have cash, mm-hmm. they can pick things up on the cheap right now. Right. So uh, exactly right. I'm, I'm, I may not. You, you, you're helping people understand. I may not, you know, see that people don't get the things that I so, think. Right. So what I'm here for. That's right. right. We try, yeah. to keep it, so, we try to keep it simple, well, stupid. Well, okay, so here's, here's the idea, right? The government sent out money to everybody, right? Whether whether you're really getting it or not, there's money going out the door. There's PPP loans that kind of gets off into the banking. They're, they're sending $1,200 to a lot of people. I want to go there right? next. I want to go there next, so go ahead. Okay. All right, so you you got... So suddenly there's more cash in the system, you know, so right. my cash is worth less. Right. It's called inflation. It's called inflation, right? right. But what happens What happens in inflation? Uh, if I want to battle inflation, I need to own hard assets. Right. But if I don't have liquidity to get me through till, you know, I have more income, then I've got to get rid of those hard assets. So inflation is really kicking my ass. Right. Now there's a good question for you, which I didn't ask y'all. What what are what are we rated here? Do we, can we can we are we is cursing? Is that getting edited? I think it's, I th- I think it's great. I think it's fucking right to say whatever the fuck you want. Oh, okay. I didn't know. So so we're we're R rated PG thirteen. No, I, I think oh, that's oh, now PG thirteen. Honestly, oh, yeah, I guess right. Well, I've heard some bad. I've heard I was some bad. Show my penis, on. but I don't think they show that now. No, that's uh, going to be a comedy. So, so are we borderline is brief nudity okay? Yes, please. Well, I'm, we're, we're all naked here okay. now with our face masks. On. Oh, we, I didn't know it was that kind of a party. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you bring the mashed potatoes? Uh, Stevie and I are yeah, keeping our distance, did. of course, as usual, but we are naked. 
Hey, listen. Um, so here's another. You talked about you talked briefly briefly about the stimulus checks and stimulus money, and you're, I know that you're also in the banking industry, obviously. I want you to tell me, kind of in layman's terms, how how do the banks how do the how does the government system how does the federal system decide what banks get what money you know what makes that happen how much and who you know what I mean? Okay, well, first of all, let's let's talk a little bit about mm, okay the the stimulus where they're just sending checks the individuals for $1,200, right? The, the government just passed a bill and they're, if you gave them your banking information, they're supposed to be putting that in your account. That's Sorry, pretty yeah. simple, right? Yeah. All right. Okay. That that has nothing to do with the bank other than that I may, you know, have a principal ownership in a small bank that somebody might put money in their account, right? Uh, Doesn't right. get me any money. But there you go. Uh, there are several programs out there. One is this Paytech Paycheck Protection Program, right? The PPP. Right. And that is a deal where Congress and the everyone's, you know, Congress has gotten together, the president signed it, uh, that they will loan people through the SBA, the Small Business, Small Business Administration, allegedly. That's why they say it's through the SBA. That's bullshit. It's not through the SBA. The SBA is backing it, but the banks are actually loaning their money to these people. Okay? Right. So SBA rolls out this thing and says, all right, you go loan money to these people. We don't have the forms ready, but go. So all these banks are trying to figure out how to do it. And the guidance, the rules are coming out. It's like you and I started playing a football game, and it took to the second quarter for half the rules to show up, and they changed. All right? And they change again in the second half. That's what this deal looked like. So what they're, they're loaning people money to pay for an average of eight weeks of their payroll, okay? Right. And, but what are the rules? How do I figure eight weeks of my payroll? Do I I'd go like back? to know. <laughs> All right. Well, I can tell you, everybody's feeling their way through this in the dark. So you look at the way we figured it is you go get your 941 from 2019 for four, you know, the four quarters of 2019. For people who don't know, 941 is a report you send to the government that shows what your payroll was and your payroll taxes and your withhold, you know, what you withheld and what you've matched and paid in. So that is actually the form that the government should have on file that shows you sent it to the Internal Revenue Service that shows what you paid people. Okay. So we take that. All right. Those four quarters, multiple, you know, divide those, you know, Divide those by 52, multiply times eight, right? That's the simple way. That's what you loan them. Now, there's an extra 25% they can get for mortgage payment and some uh, utility and a few other things, Uh all right? They say that those loans, after a, a couple of months, will be forgiven, all right? But let's we have a small bank. I'm vice chairman of a small bank. I put money out. I, let's say I loan you, Stevie, eight weeks of your payroll at drenched hydration. Gotcha. Okay? Mm-hmm. And let's say your payroll is $1,000 a week. I okay. know that's not correct. Right. Okay? okay? Let's just say. So that I, put, I gave you $8,000. Plus, I gave you a little extra before your utilities. You can be up to 25%. Let's say I gave you ten grand. Okay. Okay? I mean, it would be more than that if it's a fourth. 
right. 25, but you know, it'd be extra 500 bucks. It'd be $13,000. But anyway, let's just take it 10 grand. Okay. Uh, okay. So at the end of this period of time, if I did all my things, my paperwork correctly, the SBA is supposed to somehow miraculously send me at the bank, at the lender, those eight weeks. That's that scary. Money back. Are you not scared? Now, let me tell you something. I'm in my scared 25 years of in My 25 years of banking, I've been screwed by the SBA more than I've gotten lucky in a nightclub. Okay? I, I believe you there, too. <laughs> and I, I mean, that's sad for both sides. Those right? dudes were cute. But, but yeah, yeah. Good dance. He's a wonderful sister. But anyway, <laughs> um, the SBA does everything they can to get out of making their loan guarantee good. That's uh-huh. normally what the SBA does. You and I, Stevie, and Hethel decide we have some harebrained scheme to go start a business, which is a terrible idea, but we have a business plan and it's feasible. <laughs> no bank will loan us the money, but the SBA will give us an 80% guarantee on the money. So we go to some bank and say, well, these guys want to borrow a million dollars, but we can only lose 200000 and we figure they're good for it, right? right? They have enough assets. They pay off the 200000 Right. Okay? All right. Well, we screw it up, you know? You and I go drinking, and Hethel decides he'd rather be a doctor than hang around with us right. and run this business. And so then they start going looking for us. Well, you and I went to Fiji. They can't find us, and, and Hethel bankruptcy because uh, you know he lost all his money on the one card. Right. I don't know, I'm making all this up. Right. right? So I can't get my money at the bank. So I go to the SBA and they say, oh, no, no, no. 18 months ago, we asked you to file a piece of paperwork. You filed it two days late, so screw you. We're not paying. Damn. Oh, wow. Sounds like a racket. All right. Well, it's a racket. It's a now, let racket. me say this. On an SBA loan. This is the scary thing from the borrower's perspective. You go in this country and file bankruptcy, right? right. And you get out of your, your debt. Not the SBA. Mm-hmm. Student loans. Hmm. You can't yeah. get out of that. That's you interesting. Never get out that's, of that. That's wild. So, so with everything the way it's unfolding so far, would you say you being in business and you, you being on both sides of it, really? I mean, do you... Do you uh, do you agree with it? You, you feel like it's a good idea? Are, are things going to? I believe they're so. I believe they're so worried the economy would crash without this. I mean, so badly that we'd never recover. That I don't think they have another crash. answer, do they? Is there another answer? They don't. That's exactly right. We don't know the answer. Is it right. a good idea? Ask me in two years, right? Hindsight yeah. like twenty twenty. I don't know. So, so it keeps money in circulation for the economy to stay afloat is, is what we're doing. We don't know the outcome, but we know that money's going to continue to circulate if there's money put out there. Is that right. fair to say? Okay. When does money just become yeah. paper? I mean, it's like, it's like the inflation after the, the second it's a whole, world It's a whole war, different I mean. conversation, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they would have to pump a lot of money. Well, or, or this could be a, yeah, yeah, this could be a religious conversation. Yeah. For sure. Well, let's pray yeah. about it. Um, so, uh, on your downtime, what have you been doing right now? Anyway, you doing anything fun? I haven't had a lot of downtime. Really? I've, uh, yeah. He's recently um, married. There's no telling what that guy's doing all day. Yeah. I'm, you know, I wish that I didn't 
that I couldn't stand lazy women. Well, I got the opposite of it. This girl does not stop working. I mean, I've been out here. She's working in the yard. She's, we've been remodeling her house for a couple of years now. And uh, now uh, she's pretty much doing it. And I'm just kind of helping. Right. <laughs> you want it done right, I would let Tamara do it. Yeah, well, yeah, but she's a man. She works. So last night we had a terrible hail storm uh-huh. and two inches of rain in 15 minutes, which I summarily slept through. Uh-huh. Tamara tried to get me in the closet with the dog. I didn't get up. Yeah. That, but did y'all see any tornadoes? Because that's, that's Tornado Alley. Yeah, there were tornadoes here. We oh. had tornadoes about a month ago, which I, I wasn't I was awakened by that. Right. Um, but she just built a new flower bed on the on the back side of the porch, and it all rolled down the hill into the lake. That's a that's a, that's a nature's till. Well, man, I so she spent all. I. No, I was going to say, I was going to come uh, visit you at some point. I think that, I don't know that this is going to happen anytime soon now, but I, I had heard through Stevie that there was a birthday party and I was invited and, and I was going to come to it, but I think... Was that your 30th or your 40th? <laughs> oh, I think it was your 50th. 50th. Yeah, yeah. This would be the, actually, this would be the 20, let's say, it would be the... 29th anniversary of my 21st birthday. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well put. All right. Um, but I don't think, Kevo, I want you to come see me, but I don't think that one's going to work. I don't think it's going to happen. That's what I was going to say. But um, it will I be. Think we're gonna have, what's up? I think we're going to have to reschedule for the 30th anniversary of my 29th birthday. Uh, <laughs> we can do that. We can postpone it. And, uh, well, It'll be good to get more insight into what's going on as all this un- unfolds. Um, we'll probably talk again as well. I'm not sure that we mentioned this sure. to the people listening, but we're doing this, of course, remotely because Bo's in Louisiana right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe, hopefully we can do it face-to-face at some point. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, I did listen to some of the old previous, uh, what do we call the Podcast? Podcast. See, I've never heard a podcast before. I heard y'all. So as far as I know, y'all. This is the best there is, really. You don't even listen to another one. It's the gold standard, just so you know. I figured. Everything else is downhill. Yeah. Now now we live public access. This is like public access television. How do you do this? You go to apologiesnow.com or you can go onto Apple Podcast. And we're on. Are you in Are you in your parents' basement? (laughs) We're in my wife's basement. (laughs) That where I live, as a matter of fact. So, but but absolutely on your iPhone, and, and you can. Best, by the way, Sissy's looking at me, laughing that I just said that. Go, <laughs> Bo, to make it easy though, in all seriousness, just subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. It's easier to listen okay. via that versus the website. The and website has its own kind it. of fun little stuff. But. And if you think we ever say anything worth merit without you on, please, you know. Say something say that again. If we actually ever say anything that's worth listening to, not including what you've had to say, you know, please, you know, give us a vote of confidence. Basically, he's saying go over there and uh, give us a five star rating. Yeah. Oh, okay. So go blow some smoke up your ass. I can yeah. do that. <laughs> that's what we're asking. Yeah. yeah I'm not cutting this out hey, either. <laughs> <laughs> cool, Bo. Well, thank you very much, man. Thank you, brother. Well, thank you. Now, let me ask you. Uh, y'all in Georgia, right? Correct. Are they 
And they opened Georgia back up? Yesterday. Well, Friday, yeah, partly. yesterday, today, Saturday. I'm confused. So yesterday we opened up a few things, and on Monday we're supposed to open up Pretty much everything. more things. Yeah, it's kind of a staged opening. I think it's a mistake. Oh, okay. Are y'all... Is that a good idea? I don't think so. Is that a whole other topic? Yeah, it's it's a completely different topic, and I think uh, I I think the the population in Georgia, I think, is divided. A lot of people, and 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 you know what? The truth is somewhere in the middle. But of course, in order to get the economy up and going again, things need to open up. But at the same time, as we start letting people intermingle, the Second wave, baby. Yeah, there's probably going to be some increase in cases of this infection that start coming through. The bad thing is, Hethel and Sissy, my wife, are two of the people on the front lines that have to deal with this shit every day. So we take it to heart. Yeah. Well, so so Hethel, from a hospital standpoint, is the whole hot what's left what's going on in the hospital are they they attacking covid and doing nothing else are they laying up are there people that don't have a job because you can't have uh you know regular surgeries or everybody's afraid to go there if they have any you know less like minor the, like so uh, you know man I'm, I'm i'm glad you asked actually this uh it's an interesting situation in hospitals there are a lot of people that are not uh working just because they've halted pretty much all uh, elective stuff. In fact, we're, we're actually about to start now opening some elective stuff back up. But, uh, you know, regular life continues to happen, you know. And so the, the sick people that don't have this problem uh, continue to come in. Uh, the uh, staff in the hospital are being repurposed, of course, when they can be. Um, right. But a lot of people are staying, you know, being sent home, staying home, that sort of thing. Um, most hospitals at this point, I think if I've assumed we definitely have, I know, uh, Sissy, where she's at at the medical college has there, there is, uh, portions of the hospital that have basically been repurposed for this particular issue altogether. And so there's, you know, the ICU is pretty much for the most part, the ED parts of the ED parts of the hospital for inpatient are just being, uh, used for the, COVID-19 infection to limit exposure to other people. So, yeah, it's been it's been interesting. Um, I think everybody's now getting a grasp of what's going on. Um, I think we'll learn a lot from this, and as time goes on, I think we'll have a lot more actual data that is useful. There's a lot of data right now, and I'm not sure if anybody knows what's useful and what's not. Well, let's, uh, let's say I need to have my appendix out. Can I get my appendix out? So, A, I guess it depends on which hospital you're in, but but, but nobody goes and electively, of course, gets their appendix out. Uh, I'd hope they're not taking their appendix out. Yeah, so if if, if the appendix is a problem, absolutely, it's going out. So so urgent emergent stuff, of course, is being done, but anything uh, elective, they're definitely um, reassessing whether that's a good idea to do right now. Let's just say don't count on having your penis enlargement surgery take place anytime soon. Well, I mean, I was thinking about having that penis reduction surgery, so I couldn't have that done right now. Hold, right. hold, hold off to your uh, 30th anniversary of your 21st birthday. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh. Oh, dude. <laughs> well, listen, brother, I don't want to hold you too much longer. I appreciate you talking to us, and you're the, you're the best. All right. I appreciate y'all having me. Thanks, man. We'll talk again. Bye. Absolutely. Bye.
everybody that was listening make sure to go to apologiesnow.com to listen or it's easier to go to apple podcast and just subscribe just so you know we're going on other platforms soon we've just been taking this slow hope everybody's having a great weekend have a good one